Welcome back to this second part of our Thinking Biblically podcast where we're focusing in on City Impact. I'm joined again uh, by Travis Vaughn and Chip Sweeney and Tony Thomas as we continue our conversation on um, what it means to engage in what we're calling City Impact. And really, that's our terminology uh, that we're using at Perimeter Church. However, um, as we try to do in, in part one of this two-part episode, try to anchor it biblically and say, this is where this is coming from. This is not just something we've um, dreamed up here, but this is actually the way in which God has designed us to live out um, the missional efforts of the church to bring kingdom flourishing where we live and work and play. And so that's what we're doing. And we're going to continue the conversation. And, and in this one, we'll, we'll dig in uh, by the end of this, we will have hit on some, hopefully, some very practical ways that this could look as, as, we, uh, as we move into the conversation more. We're going to start out, though, by talking a little bit more on, the, on understanding, uh, again, biblically, why this is so important in terms of geography and place and city. And so, hope I didn't say too much there, Travis. I'm going to kick it back over to you. I love how we did it in the first part where you were prompting the conversation, asking great questions and um, and then giving wise input along the way. So why don't you do that again for us? Yeah, and before I ask the first question, we were sitting here talking before the, the podcast began, and Hannon Betancourt, who serves as Perimeter Church's Worship and Technical product, Production Specialist, um, he said something I thought that was so helpful in just helping us to frame this up about what City Impact is and what it's not. He said, he actually said a couple of different sentences and I just put them together. And by the way, Hannon is sitting over here to my right helping to produce this. Thank you, Hannon. Uh, you guys do such an incredible job. But he said, City Impact is not a task to be accomplished, but something God has called me to and is preparing me for. Mm. I thought that was such a helpful framework, really, even for this conversation today. Yeah. Um, Hannon, by the way, I'm just going to have you start giving me little nuggets like that for my sermons. Yeah, he could. Um, so, he might. He, you know, want, he maybe could do your sermons, Jeff. Yeah, I'm just going to pass that off to you. Production technical production specialist and sermon writer. How, how's that sound? Yeah, <laughs> that would be perfect. But thank you, thank you, Hannon, for that. So helpful. Um, which kind of brings me to the, the the first question I had today, which is I, I wanted to mention something before the the question. Chip Sweeney, who's sitting across from me, he and I were uh, at a retreat last week. And in the last podcast, I think we talked about um, the phrase gathered and scattered church. We were trying to unpack that a little bit. And while we were at this retreat, um, we were introduced to a different way maybe of saying that may, that may um, not compete against gathered and scattered, but maybe shed a little bit more light on what we mean by that. Chip, you want to talk about what we were doing? Yeah, a guy named uh, Chuck Proudfit mentioned that, uh, you know, another way to say gathered and scattered is to say assembled and assigned. In other words, Sundays were assembled, and really the rest of the week, uh, we are assigned. We're assigned as ambassadors. Mm. Uh, wherever we are, wherever we're living, wherever we're working, uh, we are ambassadors. Gets back a little bit to what Hannon even said about what we're called to. Well, we're called uh, as ambassadors. Mm, that's good. Where, where was that retreat? That was in uh, 
Rocky Mountains of North of Colorado. The right? Did you say right. North Carolina? Almost <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> I was gonna, do we need a geography lesson yeah. real quick? That, yeah. I was just asking. I knew where it was, but I wanted our yeah. listeners to hear that because yes. I'm pretty convinced that the greatest ideas uh, that come to the church often come from the Rocky Mountains when you're on a retreat out there. It's uh, pretty, <laughs> Travis and I were suffering for Jesus out yeah, there. In pretty way. incredible. So yeah, Jeff, I think you've said that that's like your oh, one of your favorite places. Oh my goodness. Right? Yeah, if I can, if I can get out to the Rocky Mountains, that's, and you give me any choice in the world where to where to go, that's that's where I'm going. Yeah, so. it was beautiful. Okay, so the in the last uh, last podcast, we were talking at a very high level about what it looks like to live as the church in our cities. Um, you know, the, and let's talk a little bit about a theology of place. There's this phrase that we we've talked about a great deal. We were just talking about it in here before the podcast began, theology of place. What do we mean by that? That sounds very academic, very scholarly, but what do we mean by that? Maybe what do we not mean by that? And how is this applicable for what we're doing with City Impact? Who wants to take that question? I'll start just with a quick thought and then pass it on to you guys to to develop it. But, you know, something that occurs to me is that, you know, the church has done, and meaning the church, not just perimeter, but throughout has done a great job of helping followers of Christ really dive into how we are made, what are our spiritual gifts, uh, our identity in Christ, um, how we live out evangelism and discipleship, so on and so forth. And so one of the things that a thought that I, I have is simply this, is if if the what and the how has been stressed and is so important, it's just as important to emphasize the where. Uh, and we see that biblically. We see that how how much God emphasizes that where you are is not by mis- not by mistake. It's it's providential. It's by His sovereign placement of you uh, that I live somewhere for a reason. Uh, I am where I am because that's where God put me, and that that's significant. And and I think sometimes that maybe we just lose sight of that, and we think. Okay, I'm I'm thinking mostly about me inwardly. How am I being shaped and formed? Uh, but uh, how God might be calling us to consider. Okay, but where do you have me, God, and why is that important? So that's that's maybe just a big sixty thousand foot, you know, theology of place precursor. You know, so yeah, I even think you know you think of the beginning scripture talking about creation. Adam and Eve were created and they were placed in a garden. It was a specific place. And uh, isn't it interesting that uh, in Revelation 21, talking about the new heaven and new earth, it's a holy city, um, Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. So it begins a garden and ends in a city. Um, But there's one scripture that I think stands out to me, uh, certainly many others, but when we start talking about the importance of place and connecting what we've been talking about with kingdom flourishing and shalom. And that's Jeremiah 29, 4 through 7, where God says to the exiles, they've been taken to Babylon, they're arch enemies, and they're living there. And he basically says to them, settle down, you're going to be there for a while, raise families, um, go about doing your work. But then he says, seek the shalom of the city where I have sent you into exile, pray to the Lord on its behalf 
and in it shalom, you will find shalom. So in a place that they certainly did not want to be, God is calling them to seek the kingdom flourishing of those that are around them. You know something else, Chip, and then Tony, I don't want to cut you off, but when you think about, you can't read the Bible and place not be significant. I mean, every, everything you read is takes place somewhere, right? right? I mean, that's I think that's that's such a no brainer. We go, well, yeah, duh. But but maybe thinking even beyond that, you think about the early church. You think about the Apostle Paul's writings in particular. So much of who he's writing, he's writing to city to churches in a city that have a a significant um, and and specific context. You know what he's saying to the Corinthians. Is is a little bit different, not not theologically, but different in its application as to the context and the culture around them, and how that might differ from when he's writing uh, to the cities that he's writing uh, when he's writing Ephesus, right? And uh, and so there's there's always that component of where you are that factors into how this is lived out, and um, and the implications that come with that when we when we think about you know, theology of place, so to speak. Yeah. Tony, yeah. what would you add? Yeah, I think about, I feel like the Heaven series set this up well, again, to remind us that really heaven will be on earth. And I think, Jeff, even in your sermon, you mentioned about you know, about Paris or, you know, that oh, yeah. literally the places here, and if you think locally like Johns Creek or Norcross, Roswell, like in some way there's going to be a continuity in heaven. Right. Right. And so what we do here on earth really does matter and that it's going to have some continuity with what we see with heaven on earth. And so I think that that really matters what we do, mm. uh, how we love our cities will have eternal, literal eternal impact. Um, and so I think for, for that, we should really care a lot about how we love our cities well, you know, so. And who shapes cities? It's people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, so when you can't separate, when we talk theology of place, it it naturally has to be also always and consistently engaged with how how are we engaging with people around us as we shape the places where we live, and all that comes with that. And and um, sometimes I've had some people ask me in the past when we've talked about theology of place, we did a sermon series basically on theology of place. I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, and someone understandably just said, well, I mean, are you, are you saying that place matters more than people? I was like, well, no, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're first and foremost about the salvation of, of those made in the image of God. But people shape places, and, and God put us in a place to, like as we've talked about, I won't belabor it, but to bring about the flourishing of his kingdom, both first and foremost in the heart of men and women, but then as that's lived out, what does it look like to bring the wholeness and the completedness um, that shalom, if you will, to where we are uh, in the lives of others and everything that we do. There's this. Um, I, I do want to dive into some just some practical examples that we can really begin to unpack here. But I, I was looking at before the podcast um, an author by the name of Francis Dubose. He wrote something called "The Biblical Meaning of the City," uh, and he talks about just the frequency of how often the Bible references cities or, or, or places in Scripture. He says that the word for city appears 1,277 times in the Bible. Uh, he goes on to write, in addition to these general references to the city, 
there are almost unlimited references to specific cities, especially the significant ones, such as uh, Jerusalem and Babylon. He goes on to say that the city is essential to the unfolding drama of the biblical story. It was a major social context in which the theological events of the biblical message transpired. So we're talking about places, we're talking about cities, we're talking about the cities around perimeter. Um, let's let's start diving into some examples. Um, maybe let's tee this up by talking about just uh, normal life rhythms and intentional kingdom choices. Tony, you've mentioned that in the past. Um, what do we mean by that? And maybe even how does that play out in these concentric circles of home and neighborhood and community and place of work in our city? You want to start there? Yeah, I mean, I think one phrase that I like to, to use is that, you know, in seminary you learn theology proper, but there's also theology applied, right? And so we've been, mm-hmm. the first podcast doing a lot of theology proper, or even theology places, theology proper, and it's good to do. We need kind of biblical theological foundations, but we always don't want to live up in like idea world, but to live it out with hands and feet, and so theology applied. And I'd say City Impact in some ways is our theology applied of taking all these things and saying, oh, we want to actually live it out, and this is our model of how we're pursuing it. And yeah, one of the models that we are using, and hopefully you'll, you'll keep hearing it, is this uh, these concentric circles. Like, okay, well, what is city impact? Is it like these big city event sort of things or city initiatives? And it, definitely it, it is partly that for sure, but I think one of the terminologies, again, are these concentric circles of we start with the home, uh, just even the family life matters uh, for transforming a city, actually. Um, your neighborhood, you know, and then to your community, your workplace, and uh, unto the city sort of thing. So, yeah, so it's kind of our theology applied. Uh, but when you hear that, that could be daunting, like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> do I have to revamp my whole life? And I think another thing we want to say is that, no, actually, it's, we're not asking you to do new things, but to to live what you're already living uh, but with a kingdom lens. And mm. so, yeah, I think, Jeff, you were going to share something about that with yeah, so, the Great Commission. Uh, I love that, Tony. And and I think that, um, I think even the Great Commission, you know, that we have quoted so often mm-hmm. over the years even helps us here at a certain level because, uh, you know, the way we translate what Jesus said there uh, in English is we say the very first word in the sentence of 28, 19, Matthew 28, 19 is go. Yeah. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Um, and, and that can mislead us a little bit because of how that's translated, because we can assume that that's the verb, that's the action verb in the sentence. The action verb is, verb is actually make disciples mm-hmm. in, the, in the Greek. Uh, go is not a verb. It's actually best translated as, as you are going. So as you are going about your life, as you are doing what you would normally do, make disciples of all nations. Um, you know, our, our mission is always going to be that. It's always going to be focused on spiritual multiplication, making disciples who will make disciples. So what does that look like in a city context is the question that then you have to answer. Say, so, well, if I'm going to be a, a, in this process of disciple making and I've got you know, I'll just speak personally to our life. Okay. We have four kids and those kids have gotten older. And as they've gotten older, they're involved in lots of different extracurricular activities. And so our typical day is spent, you know, um, they're off at school. Rachel works a part-time job. I'm here, 
uh, I, we're constantly coordinating about, okay, how, uh, you know, one child has to be picked up here and then taken here and then another one picked up here and then taken there and then this and this and this. And some of it is sometimes we're, we're, we're always towing that line of, are we overcommitted? Should we say no to something? But the fact of the matter is, it's kind of crazy. And if you hear us talk about city impact in a way that says, okay, we want you to add more to your schedule, then please don't hear it that way because that's not at all what we're, um, what we're saying or what we're even advocating for. What we're saying is as you are going, as you are doing what you would normally do, what does it look to live in such a way that you're making, and here's the key phrase, Tony's already said it, intentional kingdom choices. So as I'm sitting at the ballpark watching my daughter play lacrosse, what does it look like for me to look at those around me in such a way that I say, hey, I'm going to engage them and try to get to know them. Um, wh- wh- but to your point, start at home. You know, what does it look like at home to not um, reward myself every single night within, with two hours of iPad time where I just get lost in thumbing through Facebook and make an intentional kingdom choice to invest in the heart and the minds of my children? or to make an intentional kingdom choice to make sure that Rachel and I are getting significant time together, you know? So start in the home. Neighborhood, what does it look like to make an intentional kingdom choice? We talked before we hit record on this about, uh, man, start with baby steps. You know, sometimes we hear City Impact, to your point again, Tony, and we hear, okay, I guess I got to come up with all these mega events in my city that will, mm-hmm. you know, be the next little mini Billy Graham crusade in my city. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not at all what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be this big project. It starts with, hey, I'm already going to be taking my trash out to the curb. And I look down my street and I see that Bob, two doors down, hasn't taken his out yet. And so I just go over there and do it. It's just, I'm already doing it as I am going. It's going to add maybe two minutes to my day. I can totally do that. And then when he wakes up and sees that I've that his cans are out there, he's going to be like, "What? What in the world?" Maybe he doesn't even know it's you, right? But there's this just this ability to sacrificially love someone in the way that Christ loves us. Um, that yeah, hopefully leads to conversations to say at some point he'll say, "Dude, why are you doing that?" I'm like, "Well, the love of Christ compels me." Well, what does that mean? And then you have conversations, but it doesn't even have to start there. Right, these these very small steps towards intentional kingdom choices that actually, and here's the part that we have to believe because I don't know that we believe it. The little things like that over time actually begin to transform a city, and I don't know that we believe that. You know, we don't we don't know we don't see the bigger picture that that uh, that our words and deeds often lead to. Chip, can you talk about that a little bit more? And even as you're giving some examples, also, because you've referenced this, talk about the importance of why it's so crucial that we live this out as a community, not just as individuals. So maybe some more examples, but also talk about just the importance of connecting as a community. Yeah. Well, I want to emphasize, to what both these guys are saying is that a lot of times, right, when people hear City Impact, right, we want to immediately go to what we'd call the fourth concentric circle, which is the city and big initiatives. And there are going to be some really neat big city nif- initiatives that um, 
our people in the seas will go after, but it doesn't begin there. It literally begins right in our neighborhood, on our street. Uh, you know, Travis, I was thinking about our, our friend Dave Runyon, uh, who wrote, wrote the book, The Art of Neighboring. And in that, he has a We're simple... We're going to have to tell Dave to listen to this now. <laughs> uh, yeah, he has a simple <laughs> diagram, actually made it into, this is brilliant, made this into a refrigerator magnet, but it basically puts uh, like eight boxes around your home and says, do you know the names of the people who live around you? And if you don't, right, get to know their names. Mm. I mean, that that's where it begins is really just beginning uh, to get to know people's names, right? Greet and then be able to greet and hold conversations when you're out the mailbox or you're taking your trash out or your kids are playing um, out there is a great opportunity, right? Just to rub shoulders. But man, if we could get to know the names of our neighbors and pray for our neighbors, wow, I think that would be an incredible start. You know, the whole Bless Every Home app that we have uh, that gives uh, a set of names every day of the people that live around you. Um. So I love that, you know, God has placed us there. Um, and uh, we're not alone. Um, again, I think of 1 Corinthians 12, right? The body and its many parts. And uh, so us as perimeter members, but even more broadly, uh, the body of Christ, other Christians, we're not alone in our neighborhood. We're not alone in our community. Um, and... Uh, Biblically, we're members of one another. And so the power, right, of community, um, of being able to refresh one another, this is kind of the, Jeff talked about last time of, of um, leading in and leading out, but in terms of um, leading in, it's that fellowship, it's that community, it's um, praying for one another, building one another up, and then as a community, right, we can really live missionally as ambassadors. Um, and so we can do much more together and as the body uh, than as we can as individuals. You know, Chip, that reminds me of a quote um, that I came across. There's a guy that Jay Lorenzen, who um, is, I think, still on staff of career, but anyway, a guy that influenced me significantly several years back. And uh, he's a Civil War buff, and and he's read just probably everything you could possibly read about the Civil War. And one of the things that he said that was a common thread when they, when you would read soldiers' jur- uh, journals and and battlefield journals and so forth, is they wouldn't necessarily say it exactly like this, but this was the common thread, and that was uh, I joined this army, wh- whichever side they were on. I joined it because I believed in the cause. But I stayed because of the community. I stayed because of the brotherhood. And he just simply made the point, and not to get into the the lost cause, the wrong causes of the Civil War, but he was simply making a point that a lot of times in battle, that's that's it. Like we believe in the cause, and so we. You may say, "Man, I really want to see my city transformed," but you get tired, you get weary, you. And so it's so important this whole city impact thing that we're doing to connect with others who live around you who have the same vision and passion to see Jesus come and do a great work in your in your neighborhood, uh, in your school system, where, whatever. 
and to bring that transforming work of the kingdom of God and to lock arms and do it together because um, we're each each of us going to have days where we're like, man, I just can't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to engage today. And you say, well, I stay because of the community, the cause has lost its luster in the moment, but the community always comes around me, and um, and so it's so key what you're saying to to where to where this ultimately leads. Going back to what Hannon said earlier, City Impact, it's it's not a task or something to do, something to be accomplished, but it's instead something that God has called me to and is preparing me for. What what are some other things that God has called us to? And again, thinking through these concentric circles, we talked a little bit about home and neighborhood, community, also our places of work. Um, that's a huge context that most of us are, are, are put into. Some of us work remotely. Uh, some of us go to work somewhere. But Chip, I think you have some examples that you, or maybe one or two that you wanted to share about that context. Yeah. Again, uh, just quickly, biblically and theologically, right? God worked. <laughs> he created. Um, and he actually created us to work, right? He, um, Adam was given the task, right, of cultivating and tending the garden. Uh, and so he had a he had a big job before the fall. This is before sin came in. Uh, God's a worker, and He's created us in His image, and so we are workers as well. And uh, I just think you know, so many of us, right, spend a lot of time each week um, in our workplace, and uh, you know, we have so many people here at Perimeter that are doing amazing things uh, through their work, and it starts with doing our work well. Let's not forget that. I mean, right? Kingdom flourishing through your work is doing your job well, Um, and then it's also just um, seeking the flourishing of others at our workplace, um, and seeking the flourishing of that workplace and the community uh, that's around it. But I think of uh, Larry and Pam Smith, you know, in Duluth and just the Smith Art Gallery. They've been there for so long, and they are such ambassadors and such a light in Duluth. I mean, they're, you know, they're doing painting lessons, and they're loving on people. They're praying for people, um, in addition to having prayer gatherings. And so their place of work is a place of light in Duluth. Um, Barranco Beverage, you know, it's they install, repair, and provide maintenance on food and beverage equipment. And uh, they're being very intentional about hiring and training immigrant workers uh, because it'd be very difficult for them to get jobs. Um, there's a group of young business leaders, I think it's in Peachtree Corners, where they meet monthly, and it's really just creating a platform of relationship where they may hear a speaker, but then they're challenged each month to have a coffee or lunch with someone else. And so they're building this web of relationships, both with believers and non-believers. And then, of course, so many stories during the pandemic. I know there have been many businesses who were, um, you know, producing or distributing personal protective equipment, you know, masks and all that. So just so many different ways, again, just through our work and the kingdom is made, uh, there's an impact. Tony, if, if, um, if someone's listening to this episode uh, and they're just right now, they're just thinking through, okay, what are the implications for, for me, for my family? How do we need, how do I, how do we need to be thinking, acting biblically 
with Christ as King in the places where he has called me. He's put me here in Johns Creek or South Forsyth County or uh, Peachtree Corners. So how do I need to be, what's the next thing or the first thing I need to do? Yeah, I guess maybe I could share, um, again, trying to help, again, people not to feel overly burdened, like, oh my gosh, like, are these all these things? And, you know, the stage of life that we're in, we have younger kids. I mean, they're like 10, 10, 8, and 6. And so in that stage of life, people feel like, I can't add one more thing to my life. And so (laughs) what would I suggest? And I'll share some things that we've done that maybe can encourage, especially that demographic, maybe. Uh, One thing to consider is like, what are the regular restaurants that you go to? You know, like, um, and just loving people there. Like some of the places that we visit, we like Chef Dinesh. If you want good Indian food in Johns Creek, actually, we we like that a lot and um, gotten to know one of the waitresses there. And when we're there, we, we talk to her. Grace Shishwan we like, Shabbatai. I, I go to like coffee shops because, you know, I like being out and <laughs> doing work with seeing people. So I go to Great Harvest or Vincent Bakery and I, I see those people. So just do we have regular spots that we go to? And again, I'm, I'm regularly there. We, we will regularly eat there, but being more intentional about getting to know the names of the people, um, you know, we would try to tip well, you know, try to ask how their business is going, especially in the midst of COVID. I remember those times uh, we'd ask like how their business is going, you know, things like that. So I think just those are things that's not an extra thing. We, we already do that. So just being more intentional about relationships with people there. Uh, I know in our neighborhood, we have a swim tennis court. So in the summer, we connect with some other perimeter members that live in our neighborhood and like, hey, like we want to go swimming with our kids on Friday night. So we just organized to just kind of create like a pool party on Fridays. And so a few times over the summer, we did that and connected with neighbors, which is, which is cool. Um, another one, you know, I take my boys to soccer on Saturdays. And so, you know, I'm doing a, a doctor ministry degree. So I have like a lot of reading. So part of me is like, I can totally use that time to read, which I do need to do. But uh, as I'm sitting there in my, in my, my chair, like there's other people around and I'm like, you know, I really can use this time. There's tons of time right now just to talk to them. And so started to do that. Just, um, you know, again, I'm there, I'm, I'm, I'm there anyway uh, for my kids practice for my game. And so, um, so maybe it can be an encouragement. Um, Again, your question is like, what can you do next? In some ways, you don't have to add anything to your schedule, actually. It's just it's seeing it with new eyes. Um, That's so refreshing doing. to hear. Yeah. So uh, those are maybe some encouragement, especially for people that feel, which is a lot of us, we feel like my plate's full. Yeah. Please don't ask me to add one more thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't sure. say that I, I do this well all the time, but, you know, there are times where I just say, Lord, as I'm going about and out, whether it's uh, Publix, Kroger, Walgreens, you know, Lord, give me a caring heart. Mm. Um, put a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. You'd be amazed at when you smile, how that uh, just opens uh, people up. And then um, open doors, open doors for me to get to know their name, um, to build a relationship and, uh, and just see what the Lord does. And uh, I have a personal story that Again, this was not an event I did or a strategy, but I did that and ended up getting to know um, a guy at Walgreens, Norris, and he was pretty extroverted, and uh, so it was easier just to kind of greet and befriend him, get to know him, and all of a sudden he began sharing a little bit about his life, and I asked him if he wanted to have lunch, 
and we did, and all of a sudden we're getting to know each other, um, and he begins, you know, we begin to talk about spiritual things, and he ends up, we end up reading through the book of John together, um, the life issue books, and um, he ends up giving his life to Christ and getting in my discipleship group and has now become a member. And, and again, that wasn't a strategy except, Lord, you know, just, again, give me a caring heart, um, open some doors for relationship, and then seeing what he does. You know, Chip, I, I think we keep saying, and it's true, that, hey, we're, what we're talking about with City Impact is not, is not saying, hey, let's do extra, let's do more. We're already so, so many of us are already at, at our max. But I, I think it, it's, we might be a little dishonest or disingenuous if, if we don't admit that, hey, there is, the, the extra is simply, hey, what I want to do here is I want to ask God to use me with the gifts that he's given me in the places where he's put me um, to be intentional towards kingdom choices. Um, and the extra here is to, is to say, okay, I, I want to do some things I normally wouldn't do. Right. So one of the things that, that, that I love to just keep coming back to that I do not live this out very well, but in the moments where I'm walking in the spirit, well, I, I, I do, and we all do. And that is when, when Paul is instructing the, the church in Ephesus and he says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. You know, really what he's saying there is he's saying, be, be drunk with the spirit. He's making a comparison because when you're drunk with wine, what are you doing? You're, you're doing things you normally wouldn't do. You're saying things you normally wouldn't say. You're going places you normally wouldn't go and you're risking things you normally wouldn't risk. That's what's true of you when you're drunk. So what he's saying is he's saying, look, you were made uh, to be filled with something, but it wasn't alcohol. It was actually the spirit of God within you. Uh, and, and so if you're drunk on the spirit, so to speak, then what is that going to end up meaning? Well, it's going to end up meaning that as you're going about your life, you're going to go places you normally wouldn't go, perhaps. You're going to do things you normally wouldn't do. Here's the key one, though. You're going to say things you normally wouldn't say, and you're going to risk things you normally wouldn't risk because the Spirit of God is leading you. And so with your example with Norris in Walgreens, like every single one of us walk into a place like Walgreens every single day for whatever transactions we need to make in our life to get the deodorant that we need to get whatever. And there are people in there. So to be led by the Spirit in that context and say things I normally wouldn't say and risk things I normally wouldn't risk is, okay, what is my default? My default is keep my head down, get what I need to get, go up to the register, not look look at that person in the eye, not acknowledge them as an image bearer, not smile at them, not ask them, how's your day going? Not ask them, hey, just curious, no pressure, but just curious if you have a local church that you attend. You know, instead of making those intentional choices, we just get in and get out because we're busy. Um, we got our to-do list. We got our to-do yeah. list. So there is extra that we're asking, that we're saying, hey, there is an extra here. And it's not it's not adding to what you would already do. It's actually engaging in ways you normally wouldn't engage for the sake that someone might know the shalom of Jesus, the peace of Christ that transcends all understanding. Mm. And, and so that's, you know, we got, you got to press in. I think, I think, we're not speaking out of two sides of our mouth here. We're, but we are saying, hey, there is there is an extra here, right? And steps it's what the faith, the steps, steps of faith, faith, right? And it's what God calls us to in the scriptures to say, engage hearts as you go, 
mm-hmm. as you go about what you normally do, engage the hearts of those in your city and, um, and be bold. And, and that's why GBI, I think, is always so important. Greet, befriend, invite. What are you inviting them into? Chip, exactly what you did. Hey, I want invi- to invite you. And this probably did not, I'm assuming, happen in the first conversation, right? This was over time. But eventually you extended an invitation to read the book of John together and to go through the life issue booklets. Now, here's what we have. We have a brother in Christ who's been transformed by King Jesus and has brought him into his kingdom. And now we have another person living out the shalom of Jesus where we live. That's city impact, right? That's, and the more that happens, the more that multiplication happens, the more the city is transformed. Um, so the more that happens and the more transformation like that happens in the heart of people, then the city is transformed for the sake of kingdom flourishing. And so it's a, it's all fitting together in a way to where we say our word and our deed is making a difference to the glory of God. If I could add one more thing just yeah, to, go ahead, Tony. again, to say, I mean, there is a lot of this, this is um, organic, you yeah, could say. Right. Uh, but I don't want to say that there's nothing organized either, right? Like we do have city impact teams, right? We do have lay leaders in the city and there there is that component for sure too. So what are... There are structures. I'll give one example of something that's coming up actually this this month in in October. Uh, I know community outreach is working on this, and so we have lay leaders in the cities that are working with community outreach to organize these kind of neighborhood food drives. And I think that's one like practical, organized thing that we have happening as a church that we'd love to engage the cities. I think it can have a lot of benefits, even organically. What 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 the hope would be is that. You know, someone in your neighborhood could be like a neighborhood captain, for example. You, if you go to your City Impact page right now, you can you can see, um, you know, a link there to sign up and be like, hey, I want to organize the perimeter members in my neighborhood and organize a food drive you can place. Hey, Tony, real quick, for those that don't know, what do you mean by City Impact page? Okay, yeah, if you go to perimeter.org slash City Impact, you'll land on our kind of main landing page, and there you'll see... Um, some of our main cities that we we have movements in, uh, you can click on their link and you'll get to your city's uh, page. And so uh, maybe not in every one of them, but I know a good handful of them have these kind of neighborhood food drives highlighted. And um, yeah, there you could, again, uh, I know of some people that have uh, have done this before. And what his response was that when he kind of was a captain for his neighborhood food drive, again, people, they place bags on the different homes in their neighborhood, or you could pick a street and then they'd collect food. They'd drop it off at your, at your house. And then it enabled him to have conversations with his neighbors. What he said, it kind of made him the point person in his neighborhood. He was like, he called it, he was the do-gooder in his neighborhood. Right. And so, <laughs> nice. but that, that opened a door for so many other things um, for God to work. And so again, it is organic, but there's organized things. And like, I think yep. this is an awesome tool you can use to get the ball moving in your neighborhood uh, so I'd encourage a lot of people. Um, yeah, and to Tony, do that. there's going to be some people listening to this. Uh, that's that's their bent, and that's beautiful, right? Yeah. Some are going to say, "I want the more organic," right? And we've been speaking a lot to that. Mm-hmm. Others are wired in such a way that we're like, "Man, I I can totally make this happen. I could put together a, a food mm-hmm. drive in my neighborhood, or I could do this service outreach in such a way that you know." And and they've got the time and the and the energy and the desire, and that's awesome. Right. right. And so it's not either or, it's both yeah. and, it's it's all the above. You yeah. Know? And if I yeah. could add, the other one is, I don't want to denigrate the city uh, concentric circle either, right? Like there are people 
on our teams that have a pat that have done assessments, right? Like they've they've studied the demographics of their city, they've studied what are the needs in their city, and and some are going off after so what we call the big rocks in the city, right? They want to see the the kingdom advance in significant ways in their city. So in Johns Creek, they've they've identified that yeah, you know, there may not be major physical needs, but there are emotional and mental health needs in the mm-hmm. city. Mm-hmm. And so how can we advance the kingdom by being a support system in the city? So they're working with the city council and and trying to to provide resources to, to support in that area. You know, in, in Roswell, there's issues of sex trafficking or homelessness. Um, and so how do we how do we support um, those major issues in the city that um, are going to take more than just neighborhood connections? Again, not to, obviously we want those things to happen too, but we do want to move the needle in these age, areas of major issues of justice in the city too. And so and so we have people in the city that really care about those things too. And maybe some of you are wired that way. Like, man, like I have the time, I have the passion and I want to engage with that too. So kind of Jeff, like you said, there's in some ways there's something for everybody. Uh, and we really hope that everyone would would feel like, man, there's there's some way that God's called me and I can be involved. In, in you know, I think the city. most practical thing we could tell people, if you have not gone to the City Impact landing page, <laughs> yes. if you haven't gone to perimeter.org slash City Impact, please do that because... Then you'll you'll see the bigger picture, and you'll and you'll see you know how it all works, and then you'll see what's going on in your city, uh, and uh, and know how to get engaged, and even be able to say maybe perhaps you're listening, and there's not a whole lot that we have put together yet in your city, and you could be a big part of that of helping helping things get legs where you live in terms of um, organized efforts and and uh, community building community where you live towards this mission. And by the way, some of the cities have Facebook pages, so you can mm-hmm. also connect with others in your city mm-hmm. through those Facebook pages yeah. as well. It's awesome. I know we're wrapping up. Uh, so Chip, Jeff, where do we go from here? I know in the last podcast or the, in the first part, you mentioned, uh, a possible podcast yeah. coming or channel focused on city impact. So do either of you want to speak to that? And I know we got to wrap up after that. Yeah, I'll just briefly say that that that's the hope is that we can we can continue to put our heads together on this and it be um, different voices and different. Um, I mean, the three of you I think would consistently be a part of it because you've given so much leadership to this effort. But bringing in different voices and even just folks who are uh, who are in in these in the trenches, so to speak, they're living in in the various neighborhoods throughout our cities and coming in and just sharing stories and that'll be so encouraging and so. Uh, right now, we have two channels, if you will, of of podcasts that we produce. One is this one, Thinking Biblically, uh, but the other one is Digging Deeper that coincides with our Sunday teachings. Uh, so this would be a third lane, a City Impact podcast that would uh, be released regularly. So that's that's one thought of where we go next. The, uh, the next thing, the, the other thought I have is just for everyone listening, um, take that step of faith and engage with your city and connect with your, go on that website, connect with your city convener, the person, which is our language for the person who's kind of giving leadership to the, the efforts being made in your, in your city to bring kingdom flourishing and, um, and just get involved um, and, and realize, like we've said today, realize that that getting involved is simply just a little bit more structure to the, as you are going. As you're going about your life, how can how can we come alongside you and help you be focused on kingdom flourishing? So, so yeah, I uh, I appreciate you guys so much for joining. 
Great two-part series we've done here. Hope it's been a blessing to you who've listened and encouraged you, equipped you, challenged you uh, towards this vision of, of city impact and kingdom flourishing. Um, check out our show notes. Lots of different things in there that we put alongside of, of these uh, podcasts to where you can uh, see the different quotes quotes <laughs> quotes that we've used. Hannon, you, you you get to be in the show notes, man. Your your yeah. quote will be in there. Right. I think he has the um, quote of the day. He has the quote of the day. But our quotes and different things that we reference will be in the show notes. So check that out. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to producing uh, some more content in the future on City Impact. Be blessed. Be blessed.